How do you avoid common pitfalls in mitigation pleas? Mitigation pleas require careful handling to avoid missteps. Here are two common mistakes to steer clear of. Number one, contradicting facts. Ensure the mitigation plea doesn't contradict facts previously agreed upon in the statement of facts. Personal factors specific to the accused play a significant role when seeking a lighter sentence through a mitigation plea. Here are some key considerations. In the Singapore criminal justice system, Mitigation pleas offer a valuable opportunity for individuals facing charges to present factors that might lead to a more lenient sentence. A mitigation plea involves the defence presenting facts, legal precedents and sentencing benchmarks and cases to the court. The goal is to secure a less severe sentence for the accused. While these pleas are often delivered already in court, they can also be supported by written arguments and submissions. A written plea provides structure and allows the court more time to consider the presented facts thoughtfully before determining the sentence. Prosecutors typically emphasize aggravating factors that might warrant a heavier sentence, but on the other hand, the defense aims to counterbalance these factors by highlighting mitigating elements that can lead to a milder sentence. Mitigating factors can be broadly categorized into two main types. Number one, specific mitigating factors. And these factors pertain to the details of the offence itself and aim to diminish the severity. Examples include the limited nature of the damage and loss involved, the accused role as an accomplice, and the circumstances of provocation. However, these factors are highly case-specific and vary depending on the offence being addressed. Number two, Personal mitigating factors. These factors are unique to the individual facing the charges. Personal factors specific to the accused play a significant role when seeking a lighter sentence through a mitigation plea. Here are some key considerations. The accused person's background. Number one, explanation, not excuse. This means present facts that explain the offences without excusing it. This could include their upbringing, family circumstances, education, background, and employment. Number two, highlighting anomaly. This means demonstrating that the committed offences deviates from the accused person's typical good behaviour and character. Number two, contributions to society, perhaps showcasing any contributions to society or notable public service. Next, attitude and behaviour after the offence. Number one, early admission of guilt. Expressing remorse by admitting your guilt early. Number two, cooperation and restitution. Demonstrating a genuine remorse through cooperation with the authorities, voluntarily surrendering and making amends to the victim. There's also age. Number one, young offenders. Courts can often consider rehabilitation for individuals under 21 with no previous convictions. Number two, Elderly offenders, in exceptional cases, the court may consider age as a mitigating factor as well. When it comes to health, number one, physical health. Severe health conditions, especially terminal illnesses, may warrant a more lenient sentence. Number two, mental health. The impact of mental health varies from case to case and mere intellectual disability might not automatically be a standalone mitigating factor. Number three, pregnancy. While not inherently mitigating, pregnancy might influence sentencing decisions in minor cases. There's also circumstances leading to the offence. Number one, financial hardship. Extreme poverty could sometimes be considered in rare cases, but it rarely results in leniency. Number two, intoxication. Generally, voluntary intoxication isn't a mitigating factor. 
It might even be an aggravating factor sometimes. However, involuntary or uncharacteristic intoxication could be argued as a mitigating factor. Number three, drug or alcohol addiction. Courts usually don't view addiction as a mitigating factor. Number four, immediate crisis. In specific cases, immediate crises could be considered a mitigating factor. There's also the impact of sentence. Number one, work and career. Generally, this isn't relevant unless there are exceptional circumstances. Number two, family hardship, which is rarely considered a mitigating factor unless highly extraordinary circumstances apply. Number three, time in custody. The court might consider time already spent in remand. How do you avoid common pitfalls in mitigation pleas? Mitigation pleas require careful handling to avoid missteps. Here are two common mistakes to steer clear of. Number one, contradicting facts. Ensure the mitigation plea doesn't contradict facts previously agreed upon in the statement of facts. Contradictions could lead to the plea of guilt being rejected or a retrial. Number two, qualifying the guilty plea. Avoid any statements qualifying the guilty plea. This could also result in a retrial. An experienced criminal defense lawyer can play a helpful role in crafting compelling mitigation pleas by addressing aggravating factors and vulnerabilities head-on. Examining principles like deterrence and proportionality to build a compelling case. Analyzing the broader societal implications relevant to the case. Remember, a conviction doesn't spell the end yet. Mitigation pleas offer a chance to seek a fair outcome and a skilled defense lawyer can significantly influence the proceedings and potentially result in a lighter sentence for you. So, now you know. If you found this helpful and would like to hear more, Check out our other content and subscribe to our channel now.